And welcome to the Fanboy Garage. I'm Chris Lasanti, joined by my co-host, Aaron Varola. Yo! What up, folks? Welcome to the 67th? Yes? Yeah, 67. Damn, man. Um, 67th episode of the Fanboy Garage podcast. Glad to have you guys here again for another week of just two guys talking about pop culture and all the craziness that's happening and fanboyisms and movies and comic book BS. Here we are. And we're going to start with the box office. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All that. Um, Shooting from the hip. Start the box office. So, again, the story of the week um, was Joker. Uh, Only a 42% drop. Technically, just under 42% drop. It did $55.8 million in its second week. Good enough for easily taking first place again. Um, yeah, and the movie now... So, it, it that was the record, by the way, for best... Um, October opening week. October second week. Mm-hmm. Ever. So, it now has the best October opening weekend and the best October... Second weekend ever. I'm sensing a pattern here. And uh, also, um, it's just about, well, by the time you hear this, it'll be over that number. But it, it by the end of the weekend, it was almost $550 million, $548.2 million worldwide. And what's more impressive about this is this does not include China. So mm-hmm. this movie has not opened in China. It does not even have a release date for China. So it may not even open in China. At this point, and it's still doing these kinds of numbers. And that's significant because one, China is the second biggest market. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously huge. For, right. But just to put it, in, put it into perspective, because there's going to be a lot of, you know, comparisons now between this and other movies, and, and specifically one movie, Venom, right? Because there's a lot of parallels between Joker and Venom, both having come out in October, both being movies based on comic book villains, and both being right. R rated films. Well, Venom made eight hundred. Except one was good and one well, was the, not. Well, right, so. creatively the comparison—that's where the parallels <laughs> end. But yeah, the uh, Venom made eight hundred fifty-six million worldwide. Two hundred sixty-nine million of that came from China. Damn. Okay, so now this movie, which is not open, has not opened in China and may not open in China, has already done five hundred fifty plus million dollars after two weeks. Yeah. So just to put that into a little bit of perspective for everybody of how well this movie is doing. And it's domestic uh it's domestic haul here is like nothing to scoff at. Sure. I mean at this means. point I mean, two, 208 million. Yeah, it's already over 200 million now but like I said by the the time that we're recording this. So we're, and counting by the way. Yeah. yeah. On a budget of 55 On million. On a budget, right. So it's done it's going to do well beyond 10 times its budget. You know, it's a blockbuster success. Yep. And obviously, you know, a lot of questions have been answered because clearly the word of mouth on this has been strong enough and then the curiosity is there. And I think it's a combination of all of that ridiculous um, press. You know, we've talked all about it on the last episode. Yeah. So you can go back to that if you want to hear our thoughts on all of the criticisms. But clearly it, it did have a benefit. And that's not... That's not unusual, right? I mean, we've seen this. How many times have we? you've seen, you know, they say sometimes, you know, there's no such thing as bad press and bad publicity. And, you know, this is kind of an example of that. Yeah, you know, no, People no, no, tried to I keep mean, people I, away from the theaters, but they, they were unsuccessful. They actually probably had a reverse effect. Well, so it, it was interesting because um, there are some people who I know who wouldn't have normally have seen this film, right? They would have just skipped over it. Like, I'm not into that comic book movie shit. Um, and I was getting texts over the weekend. People were like, yo, uh, I know you saw Joker. What'd you think of it? And I'm like, I'm not going to give you any spoilers. Uh, but, but like, it's a great film. Check it out. And like, folks are going, yeah, and they're seeing, you know, and, and here's the weird thing. I think people want to see it twice. And I'm like, I don't, I like my soul. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> that movie, that movie's going to take a little bit more out of yeah. me if I can see it again. But, um, it, uh, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely doing, you know, the word of mouth to your point is, it certainly, um, hit critical mass and people are definitely excited to see it. And I, I think it just continues to, sure. to grow. So, yeah, I mean, I, I actually had more people, I, I've heard more people talking about it. I think this past week uh, than I did the first week. Other than yeah. people asking me if I saw it, 
Like I hear more people now saying that they did see it, um, you know, which is good. I actually did meet someone in person, not Twitter people that actually didn't like it. So that's the first person that I've actually met hmm. in person that didn't like it for, for subjective reasons. They just thought it was too long. <laughs> and uh, oh, they were okay. like, oh, it really wasn't my, my cup of tea. But that's fine. Totally sure. get that. That's that's cool. Yeah. Um, so uh, the other story of the box office, though, was the Adams Family, which uh, yeah. you know, overperformed a little bit. $30 million. <laughs> there you go. Very nice. <laughs> well done. Okay. Yeah, thirty million bucks, good for second place um, at the box office, and uh, Gemini Man, of course, uh, did not do well. Yeah, as not a big shock, right? I mean, we've we said last week these types of movies have not done well for Will Smith. Why did they give it to him? I though? don't know. Yet they keep. What I mean, movies. come on. Yeah, <laughs> After Earth was like the start of all of that. Sure, and then. He, you know, maybe it was like I Am Legend was kind of like, nah, all right, yeah. I can't wait to see what Bad Boys for Life does. Well, but I that's a so different thing, though, that. for him, right? Nah. Because that's the type of thing, though, that that could do well for him. Like, these types of, like, sci-fi, like, types of movies, they just don't work out. They yeah. just, other than Men in Black, which is not, that was more kind of had comedic tones yeah. to it and whatnot. And it's a, but that movie only so Gemini Man does twenty point five million dollars opening weekend on a budget of a hundred thirty eight million dollars. Wow. Not gonna get the job done. No. You know the funny thing is I wonder if in like Will Smith's contract, you know how like uh Tom Cruise basically has to run or ride a motorcycle in every one of his movies. And you sure you damn sure that's in his contract. Like Will Smith has to cry in his movies. Because all I keep on seeing is like this image of like that slow tear kind of building up in his eye and streaming down his face. And I'm like, good for you, Will Smith. Well, you, uh, wow. Passionate about that, huh? I don't, I'm just, I'm kind of over him. Are to you? To be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't not light the, uh, in Squad. it didn't light the uh, international box office on fire either. <laughs> so it only did like 45 million. Um, did it open China? Uh, I don't. I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Yeah, if uh, with those little numbers like that, but um, yeah. So so yeah, Gemini Man, uh, kind of DOA. <laughs> um, because you have to assume it's not gonna that movie's not gonna have particularly strong legs. Not with the terrible reviews too that it got. And there's a couple movies opening this weekend. Um, we have uh, Zombieland Two. Uh, double tap, weekend. double tap, yeah, and uh, the reviews on that so far are decent. That kind of, I mean, I, I um, it, it, the first one I slept on, um, I was like, ah, zombie film now, and then I watched it uh, by myself at home, and I was like laughing hysterically. I thought it was funny as hell. Yeah. So um, um uh, the second one looks looks interesting. I mean, it's only fifty three reviews in right now, but it's at seventy five percent. On Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, it's not... Uh, I'm sure that number will go down as more reviews come in, but it, it's not... It it shouldn't be a huge fall from that number, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Also, Maleficent, which the reviews are mixed to bad for that one, but that's that movie should make some money, too, this weekend. Yeah, it's so, another Disney. Yeah, I wouldn't expect... Um, I would not expect... Gemini Man to hold up with figure Joker should still put up some numbers this week and I don't know what the Adams family will do second week but with those other two movies opening figure they'll take a a chunk out of that yeah so question on Joker so it hasn't opened in China yet it probably it may not open in China yeah um okay so but if it does you you think it hits the one billion mark I mean that's almost I mean it's like halfway there it's hard it to say because, um, it'd be amazing if it does. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. It'd be interesting. The to rewatchability seen, of it, I think, is a big factor. It is, and I would be interested to see what it would do in China because it's not a big like special effects type of film, which mm-hmm. those movies tend to do really well. It's more of like a character piece, despite the fact that it is, you know, based on a comic book villain and name villain. Um. So it, I, I'm fascinated. I would have been fascinated to see what it would have done there. But, you know, it's actually still hasn't opened in a lot of international markets. Like if you look at there's still, you know, some other markets that it needs to open in. 
Yeah. You know, depending on how it holds up, I, I think, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I don't, I don't think it's going to, it doesn't look like it's going to open in China. Mm. Uh, so it's, I think it might be moot anyway, but, uh, I mean, it's 550 million or so already now. Uh, I mean, you got to figure, you know, next weekend, see, it's going to be hard to see, like, does it go into more of a, a fall now or does it really, really hold up? Yeah. Because if, I mean, if the thing does winds up doing $800 million plus, without China, then you would have to say, yeah, they probably would have done a billion dollars. Sure. With China, right? Hmm. But we'll ne- we won't know. But either way, it, again, it doesn't really matter because this movie nah. didn't have to make a billion dollars on a $55 million budget to be Seriously. a gigantic success. It's it's like the Joker in the Dark Knight kind of sitting on that pile of money right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just writing, yeah. writing down. Exactly. It's um, huge. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I'm... I'm interested to see what DC makes of this whole thing, uh, you know, knowing that it's got such a hit on its hands, you know, does it, um, double down on this idea of like DC black label type films and start to explore some of the other, it'd be interesting if they do the whole, if they do like, uh, you know, Batman's rogue gallery that way. It, it, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'd, I'd be all for that. We, yeah. I mean, we've talked about this already, how I, his rogues gallery works if you're going to do these like grounded um, character driven films, because they're, you can make like a, you know, like a seven esque Riddler movie, yeah. you know, you can make uh, even like, you know, and what we talked about it, your mob boss penguin movie, yeah. you know, yeah. things like that. I mean, I don't know that they're all going to work necessarily because you really are well, going to be reliant. Gone? Yeah. Like King Tut movie would be great. <laughs> I think. Um, no, I mean, cause they're, they're so reliant on the actor, right? And the the um, the performance itself, yeah, has to drive that you know whatever these films are. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I there's so many ways DC could go with all of this, and and I think that they're they're clearly going in the right direction with it. Um, but it's nice to know that you know when you're not beholden to a cinematic universe. And you just opened yourself up to be able to make these really great movies based on these great characters, you know, and, and different sure. ways and different interpretations. Um, I mean, again, it's just a very comic book approach. It may not seem like it. That's why I feel like the ultimate irony with this whole Joker thing has been how people keep saying it's not comic book. It's not. Comic, but to me, it's so I comic. Stick, I still stick to that because it's not. I mean, I think because I think what and one of the main reasons. I am sticking to my guns on this is that from everything we've seen and heard or everything we've experienced thus far in the comic book movie genre, this movie is not any of that. And so to me, it's a redefining of what it means to be a comic book movie. And again, I think the analogy or, or sort of comparison we made last week you know, to it as being like graphic novel I think that feels a, a bit. I mean, it's all the same thing, right? Semantics, like comic book, graphic novel, novel. It's really the same. Well, sort of the same thing. So, I feel like it lives more in the graphic novel. Right. Well, category. I was just talking more about the approach, like the approach, the idea of this movie, and the way they're going about it. Like, there's the fact that there could be multiple Jokers, right, and different interpretations of them. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so, like to me, that's very comic book. Because, you know, to me, like in the comics world, like, yeah, depending on what creator is working on certain titles, things like that, like the character will look a little different. They might feel a little different. You know, you can get these side stories that have nothing to do with the current continuity. Like to me, that whole idea is very comic book. And while it I guess because, again, like people have become used to the MCU and how they do things. Like, that's what people assume comic book is. And, and this, to me, is much... This approach that DC is taking is much more comic book than anything else. Because it's so... It, it just makes so much sense to me. Like, if you get yeah. great a great creator that has a great idea and a great take for a great character, then just let them do their thing. I mean, to me, this is a very good lesson for Marvel to learn. So that if if and when they decide to do this, they can totally create smaller universes that have nothing to do with the MCU, like and make them rated R, right? So we talked a little bit about the Punisher, 
And, you know, if they ever wanted to revisit the film version, a cinematic version of the Punisher, he doesn't necessarily need to intersect with the MCU because they could do something similar. You know what I mean? Um, or mix it up. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. You couldn't, I don't think you'd have like multiple Iron Mans, but. <laughs> well, yeah, that probably wouldn't work necessarily. But, but something like, you know, like, uh, like the Punisher, I think would be fun. Something yeah. different. Or Blade. Or Blade, yeah. Who knows? Blade may even be exactly what that is. Yeah. Like a separate. It could be. A separate beast. And, and, you know, we know now that the man spearheading all of that, Kevin Feige, he just got a, a nice little promotion. Yes, he did. So chief creative officer. Yes, of Marvel. So he. Yeah, that's. Yeah, so now Marvel Studios, Marvel TV, Marvel Animation, that's all under one banner now. That is a seismic move. Yeah. Like, like, folks need to kind of digest this a little bit, I think. And I think the news, I think some people kind of get it, but I don't really think people, a lot of people do get it. So maybe we'll break it down for you. So, and we've talked about it on the show. So if you're a listener, you're like, yeah, okay, Aaron's hashing through this shit again, like move along. Anyways, Marvel TV, totally separate entity from the MCU and everything that the movies were doing. That's why we ended up with like light touches in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to the cinematic universe. And as things continue to develop, it just completely cut itself off. Right. Why shows like Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist lightly mentioned events in the MCU but not really and we're still very separate from those kinds of you know from the cinematic stuff that was happening because it was run by a completely different branch of Marvel Marvel TV it was overseen by Ike Perlmutter yes I, Ike Perlmutter but yeah and the thing is and Jeff in the, Loeb in the right and well Jeff Loeb technically yeah was the guy spearheading all of it but Marvel entered like Marvel whatever that arm was called was run by yeah, like Marvel, Marvel Entertainment, I guess, or whatever it was, was run by Ike Perlmutter. And everything but Marvel Studios fell under that banner. Okay. So, like, Marvel TV, which is run by Jeff Loeb, they, um, you know, it, it, if you look at those early seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it was clearly set in the MCU, obviously. And, I mean, with Coulson there and, you know... You, that was thanks to Joss Whedon. Yeah, really characters nice. would pop up every once in a while, like, from the movies and stuff. You know, Nick Fury was there. So, it, but then, so, as the split happened, and the feud happened between Ike Perlmutter and Kevin Feige, and then as Disney broke off Marvel Studios and and had Feige reporting directly to the head of Disney, rather than Ike Perlmutter, that's when things started to change. Yeah. And now we're and seeing then, why and then they ended up. I mean, the best. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah. But the best example of that separation was the Inhumans. Yes. Like. Kevin Feige, five years ago, maybe, was all in on an Inhumans movie. And then I guess Marvel TV kind of took it and he left it alone because they started dabbling in it in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and decided to do their own thing. And it just failed epically, which by all, you know, I think is an interesting storyline, which now has become poison. (laughs) So anyways, so now Kevin Feige oversees all of that stuff. Yeah, so it's all so now and it's everything's under one banner and now we're starting to see like okay, so the Netflix shows are gone, so they don't have to worry about those. And right. now they've been replaced by the Disney Plus shows which are all were Marvel Studios productions anyway. Right. And now you know we're starting to see like okay, well that Ghost Rider show was canceled, right? Or or the idea of it was yeah, done. Yeah, right. They weren't going to do it. And it's like, okay, so maybe, you know, a lot of this is happening now because in, of anticipa- in anticipation of this, the fact that Feige's running this show and, and now it's all going to be, everything's going to be driven off of what, you know, is essentially Marvel Studios basically at this point. So when you, I mean, I don't really know the specifics beyond the movies of the role. But does he have a say in comic book lines now, too, well, if he's... Yeah, cre- I mean, he is the chief creative officer of Marvel. Yeah, so so basically, they're creating one massive universe they, where they can even likely spin off a series of comic books to tie into... I mean, it's very similar to what Lucasfilm has been doing. 
with some of their shows and animated you know animated uh shows and books and things like that all adding to one universe right right so it's all canon um i can i can very much imagine the same kind of blueprint being utilized on this on this front as well for marvel and feige's a proven obviously he's a he's a proven factor (laughs) well sure so and I mean, then so basically, just to give you an idea, so the the Marvel editor in chief, he will be reporting to Kevin Feige. That's Joe Casada. No, it's right? us. Uh, oh no, no, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, CB Sabolsky. Right. Yeah. Um. So like that's how that works now. Um. So basically, like yeah, that's what I mean. So now it's all, it's all under one thing now. I mean, everything is there. And, and now, so here's the only thing though. I'm going to give the downside to this from my perspective anyway, because I know you're, you're kind of, you seem excited about this. Uh, yeah. I mean, Hey, whatever it is. The downside is if you're one of those people that's like, you know, the MCU is cool, but I, I do want to see some different things. This may not be the best day for you because essentially now, and I'm not saying that it's going to be like this, but essentially now, like, the MCU, I believe now, be, starts to dictate everything else. So all of those streaming shows that are on Disney Plus, they're all going to be MCU related. I'm going to assume that a lot of the animated series are going to start taking on, you know, MCU like properties, right? And they're going to be based on things like around the MCU. Um, you know, the comic books I'm sure will stay the comics, but. You know, I don't I don't know that this is the best thing for people who are just kind of tired of the quote unquote Marvel formula, Um, because now I think it's just it's amplified now, because while those Netflix shows, um, they were different, even though they Mm -hmm. did start out as sort of being part of that same universe, they they clearly were their own thing. And, you know, um, you know, shows like The Runaways and stuff like that and that, you know, those things are their own thing. And that's cool. Um, you know, you're not going to get that now. Yeah, I mean, there is. I mean, I see your point. I think uh, for me, why I get excited about it is because you can create these sort of smaller universes in the larger one, and then ultimately connect them when and where you need to. Um, and who knows how those decisions will be made will be based on profitability probably. And like, you know, focus groups of like how people are responding to certain characters. But I, I agree. I mean, I think, um, you know, there, there is that concern that you're, you're going to get sort of the same Z vibe and feel off of all of these things. But I have faith that they're going to have to do something different for each of these things. Like, when I say each of these things that they're going to have to create sub brands or, and obviously with Feige sitting on the top, he can still oversee and, and ensure consistency. But I think, you know, when we, when you think about Deadpool, like there's no way you can do anything. I mean, you can, but they have to be, they have to tread very carefully with a character like that. And, you know, to my point before about Punisher, like you can't make Punisher like, PG-13 and not – I mean you can, but you, yeah, I don't think people are really into that. You know what I'm saying? So I don't – I don't. Who, who knows? Maybe Punisher pops up in the next Spider-Man movie. Well, and the other thing is now you factor in with the purchase of Fox. So now having almost all of their main characters under one roof and now that roof is basically being run by one person. Uh yeah, I mean, I, look, I, there are positives and negatives to this. Sure. There's a continuity that's going to be a part of this that will be nice. It'll be, it'll you know avoid potential confusion. There will be quality control and things like that. That's fine. But, mm-hmm. but at the same time, the negative is what I pointed out. Like, this is one person now controlling everything. And, right. it, you know, it is, I mean, and here's the thing. Is there ever going to be another Deadpool? I don't I don't literally mean Deadpool, but like will there ever be another Deadpool type situation happen now? Mm. 
I don't know that that'll happen. Yeah. And that's unfortunate because Deadpool has been great and it's refreshing and you, you need that change. You know, as much as we were not happy with the last couple of X-Men films and the inconsistencies in that franchise, it was still its own thing. It was different. Yeah. It's not to say that MCU X-Men, when that does eventually happen, won't be good, you know, won't be also be good, but there's just not going to be a lot of freshness and a lot of different things here unless unless Feige does choose to open things up a little bit and, and go in some different directions like DC's doing with, with their films. Um, it would be nice if maybe they could start to change stuff up. I, I don't want everything to be exactly the same. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And um, I think, what's his name? Uh, Ryan Reynolds was recently at uh, at Marvel Studios, tweeted about it. So hopefully he's having discussions so that there can be another Deadpool and we'll figure out how that how that ultimately works in uh, in this new unified universe because it's freaking massive. It almost makes me think like it's become too big and it's too much for him to oversee and I'm sure he'll have many lieutenants kind of helping him pull those levers and come up with cool and unique storylines but yeah i'm interested to see like what his presence so high up the food chain uh actually means uh to the you know sort of ongoing creation and unfolding of this mcu so we shall see yeah and and on top of that he's uh well i guess some people might be relieved because there were people who believed that he was going to be taking over lucasfilm <laughs> and that's obviously not going to happen now i mean this dude's gotten like he must have negotiated some like massive deal dude oh obviously with, he did with, with all of this stuff that's ha- like rolling out about his his elevated role and you know, he's coming out of Avengers Endgame. He's probably contributed single-handedly. Well, I'd, I'd say single-handedly, but eh, most, most, you know, most definitely single-handedly. Uh, one of the most profitable years for Disney uh, as a whole, thanks to his Marvel films, and he's made significant money for Spider-Man and all these other things. So, sure. yeah, he's he's definitely a big dog. So, good for you. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyways, um, what, do we, what else we got? There was some other casting stuff that shaked the world. I'm kind of jumping. I'm, sure. No, no transition here. No segue. Well, you actually, you know what? Hold on. Before we get into that stuff, because this is since we've already been talking about it. So have you did you notice um, all the Disney Plus announcements and stuff that came out this week? It was very Dude. subtle. Subtle. <laughs> yeah. It was right. very subtle. They they literally released everything that's going to be on the... I know nothing of sarcasm. The streaming um, service. Uh, and it's let me tell you something. This thing, not only can it not come out fast enough, but you talk about being underpriced and worth more shit. than every penny. I mean, I just took a snapshot here. Every animated Spider-Man show ever is going to be on this thing. The 2001 series, the 94 series, the 2017 series, Spider-Man and his amazing friends. I mean, Star Wars Rebels, Star Wars Resistance, Star Wars, the, you know, all the movies, obviously, yeah, are going to be there. Yeah. The Clone Wars, the, the original series, the the new series that's going to, you know, the new ones that are going to come up. Um, Dude, they are sweetening that pot for anybody that has ever watched a Disney film and go, is this worth it? And you're like, oh shit, I remember that movie. I'm going to go watch it. Dude, yeah. so I've been debating buying Willow um, in general just because I was like, I, I, yeah. I get every once in a while I'm like, I really want to see what these little people are doing. Yeah, I don't um, have to now. Yeah, no, man, it's coming. I saw the tweet come out. Willow's like, going to be there along with oh, Who Framed Roger yes. Rabbit. Um, even Roger the Wolf- Rabbit? Yeah. What? The, yeah, the X Men series, the animated show from '92, which is great Ugh. stuff. That's going to be on there. Wolverine and the X Men, which was also a really great series that not a lot of people watched. That was on Nickelodeon. Great animated series. Uh, yeah, it's incredible. Um, I wow, wow. Yeah. Shit. 
Dude, I want to see like old school stuff, man. Like bed knobs and broomsticks. I'm sure all of that will eventually <laughs> be on there. Talk about random, right? Yeah. Angela Lansbury commanding an army of invisible knights. Call yeah. back to my childhood. So right now, uh, they still haven't uh, made the bundle available yet. The twelve ninety nine bundle, but you can pre order Disney Plus right now for. Have you pre ordered? No, because I'm waiting for the bundle. I have. I don't care about the bundle. It's six ninety nine a month, or sixty nine ninety nine for the year. Yeah, I beat that. Uh, what's that? I said I'm doing that. Yeah, the, the year. year. Yeah. It's cheap. It sure is. Yeah, especially it's, when I mean, you see the amount of content. Cheap. I mean, all I mean, dude, I don't think I'm gonna leave the app. <laughs> it's very possible. Like, let's be honest yeah. here. There's so much stuff to chew on, and th- let's think about that for a second. Uh, you know, Netflix slowly ran. You know, they kind of like well, obviously they started with discs and things like that, like DVDs and then Blu-rays and streaming and whatever. But their library was pretty like sparse in the beginning. With same with Amazon and. In Hulu, right? It's like all these B movies. This freaking thing is coming out, and they're like, "Yeah, we got every Star Wars film, every MCU film, like all the meat." You know what I'm saying? It's huge. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, and all and the Pixar stuff. Five ninety nine a month. Six ninety nine a month. Six ninety nine a month, or less is, if you do the year. Right, which is basically less than what you'd pay to rent a movie on Apple Movies. Or or Amazon for that matter. Sure, I mean Netflix, the premium like high end subscription is sixteen bucks a month. Yeah, I pay for that. <laughs> you know, and yeah, I mean the tiers that aren't like I mean their cheapest tier, which is like SD, you know, standard definition on one screen at a time is like I think more than Disney Plus. Yeah. So yeah. you know, it's incredible. That's actually a good point. I wonder if they're going to roll out the service in four K. I, I don't Disney know. Plus. I haven't heard anything about that. Yeah, I imagine that they will, but I hope. I actually, I hope that they do. Because I'm sure they would. I mean, at some point, why wouldn't why wouldn't they? Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. if they're gonna give you all of this, I mean, granted, a lot of that content isn't, you know, 4K anyway. But, but some of the MCU films. Are yeah, but, and some of the, but yeah, some of the other stuff yeah, uh, like the Star Wars for example is sure. not. Oh man, 4K Star Wars would be so amazing. Yeah. Oh, give me the original trilogy and touch them. <laughs> Keep yeah. on waving that flag. You do, and considering everything else that's on the service, they can oh, give man, us the, Mandalor- the Mandalorian. Oh well, forget. I mean, yeah, the amount of Star Wars content. Is ridiculous. Like I, I swear to God, I'm not getting off of that. T- I'm not I'm not changing the app. It's gonna, I'm going to be on that thing, growing moss on my face, like toenails curling up because I haven't moved. Like it's going to be that serious. Have you spoken to anybody about this? <laughs> no. You you might. I'm, I'm making it live right now. I was going to say you. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna. Oh man, I'm I'm like so stoked. Like you to your, you know, what you said earlier. It can't come soon enough. Like it really can't. And I'm no, gonna it be, is. Yeah. You know, my new child will be here, so you know I'll be absolutely delirious trying to put this kid to sleep on the couch, watching old episodes of Spider Man or something crazy. It's gonna yeah. be fun. Absolutely. Great. I mean, Look, I doing nothing, watching TV. Yeah. Like this is one of those things where it's like you take the week off when this thing debuts just to. <laughs> just to have fun flipping through all the insane amount of content. I mean, and we didn't even talk about like the, you know, all the MC, those Marvel shows that are going to be coming up and yeah. like just the legacy, the the library content on this thing alone. Dude, so is, I'd imagine like the Deadpool movies and all that stuff would be on there too. Right? Uh no, they said no, right? No, that stuff wouldn't no, be. No, to Deadpool. Oh, cuz it's rated R. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder where they're going to drop that. Probably Hulu, right? Hulu, it would make right? sense, especially if they're going to look to bundle. I mean, if they're bundling it, why not use all those resources? But here, here's the thing, though. That there's been, like, no marketing on Hulu. Like, the nothing on if Hulu is going to change 
Or do you think they'll just do like a slow rollout? Like Kulu will slowly start to evolve into like the offshoot. Like all, the, all the alien films are now on, you know, Hulu and Deadpool and all that stuff. Yeah, I just think they'll pop up mm. over time. Um, mm. Yeah, I don't think that. Uh... Do you think they put similar stuff on uh, on um, on Hulu like uh, a Marvel film? Like they'll do it on Hulu and Disney Plus, or do you think? It'll only live on Disney Plus. And then eventually when it starts to fade out, like, they'll move it. But no, it wouldn't, right? Because they're going to just keep a massive library. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know how big their servers have to be for this? Well, I mean, it's Disney. (laughs) I'm sure their servers are pretty big. They probably took over a state. It could be. Huge. Yeah. Damn. I'm excited. If you couldn't tell. Right. Yeah, I mean they're they're saying that the um some of those like MCU, those Marvel Studios streaming shows are gonna cost upwards of like twenty five million dollars an episode. <laughs> it's like I mean So there's some bucks being put into this. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it matters to them. They're they're, they're minting their own money. Did you hear did you uh yeah. I think I read quickly Netflix's response to that, like they're not concerned. They're not concerned? <laughs> No. Okay, cool. Good for them. Something like that. Wonderful. And I was like, oh boy, you guys are freaking naive. Yeah. Good luck. I mean, they're doing, they're, they're, they're starting to change their game up though. Netflix. A little bit. Are they? Yeah, they're starting to do a little. So what was the movie, by the way, you said you wanted to see? What do you mean? On Disney Plus? You were like, I want to see some old school. Oh, Bed Knobs and Bruce. It's going to be on there. Damn, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've been dying to see that movie again. Along with Herbie Rides again. Okay, I skipped. I hated those Herbie movies. <laughs> I hated those. I mean, okay. dude, when I was growing up, I was a big... Yo. Peach Dragon. I, oh, I love that movie. Like, both the versions? The Muppet movie, because don't forget they have yeah, the, Muppets the Muppets now, too. too. Damn. Uh, wow. This is a great... Tron. I bet, I bet they have, like, uh, Pollyanna on there. They do, well. yeah. Benji the Hunted. I know you're a big fan. I hated Benji too. A little scraggly. Three ass men mark. and a baby. You could watch the little scary kid that pops up oh, in the, oh, the thing. Oh god, these are Disney films. Turner and Hooch. I remember that movie. Yeah. Damn, really? Yeah. These are like Bona Vista. Well, some of this could be part of the Fox thing uh, that's too. True. Don't forget. That's yeah, true. the Rocketeer, a classic, dude. Yes. Everyone should watch that movie. Yes. Your favorite movie, Sister Act. Hell yeah, man. Want to get down on yeah, the Yeah, like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Honey, I Blew Up, all that. The Sandlot, a classic. Yeah. Rookie of the Year. I mean, there's like, I'm wow, telling you, bro. This is insane. I'm, you know what? I might take the month off. Dude, you come <laughs> over. This. We'll just rot on the couch That's together. it. That'll go over well with everybody. It'll be amazing, right? We'll just buy bags of Doritos That's and it. shit. We'll be worse people we'll, for it, but man, it'll be a fun time. Hell yeah, we'll get kegs of Mountain Dew. We'll just be total degenerates. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that sounds great. Oh god. Yeah, this is incredible. Um, That's exciting. It really and it's all, is. And that all rolls out day one. This is yeah, yeah. Damn. Because apparently there's still more they could add. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking through this. Like, there's movies on here that I didn't even. Yeah, you know. see, it's like Warner Brother, like the DC stuff. Like, I get, I get what they were doing. I mean, if you were a fan cool. of the Chronicles of Narnia films, they're going to be on there. Holy Pirates shit! Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. Uh, man, yeah, wow. this is pretty. It's it's scary. Um, I mean, how do you sort through all of that content? <laughs> and Netflix isn't worried, so. Yeah. Oh my god. I, I it's like action invention. No, action. Well, it's like action adventure. But is it like just family? <laughs> it's like the largest family library of films ever. It's yeah. You're gonna have to do it by rating. Yeah, you I mean, if anybody wants to see, there's 18. a. Um, you can go to the the. Um, you can do a Google search for it, but if you go to The Verge. Did The Verge really do a story on all of stuff? This is where yeah they have a whole list by decade. Of what the oh content is going to be. Oh my goodness! 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I bet they have old episodes of uh, of the Mickey Mouse Club from the fifties. Uh, they go the farthest back they go is the nineteen forties. They have two titles: Swiss Family two. Robinson and Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Oh, the nineteen fifties is you know a bunch of movies, right? So the Treasure Island, Shag- stuff Shag- like Shag- that. Um, Davy Crockett, Old Yeller, Dude, The Sign Crockett. of Zorro, The Shaggy oh. Dog. Dude, Zorro? Darby That's O'Gill gonna... and the Little People, Journey to the That's Center of the Earth. Try. Yeah, so the 60s, they have like Pollyanna, you mentioned that, The Parent Trap, Babes in Toyland. Uh, what? Mary oh, Poppins. Dude. That's awesome. The Sound of Music. You know, you might have heard a couple of these, about a couple of these movies. Hard Your pass. favorite movie, The Love Bug. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's insane. Wow. Insane. Yeah. Flexing. And that's, again, we didn't even mention all that stuff we're excited about, and we already mentioned all those, like the Spider-Man animated, the X-Men animated. We didn't even mention, um, you know, again, the new MCU, the new Marvel Studios TV shows. We didn't mention the new Star Wars TV. I mean, it's like, you know, Clone Wars is coming back for this. I mean, that alone is exciting. Uh, You know, and the Mandalorian and the Obi-Wan show and the... You know, all the other stuff that's going to be on here. Uh, this is, um, yeah, this is a big a big thing. Uh, Netflix should be worried. I am incredibly excited for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I wonder if they strike deals with any other of the streaming services. They did, aren't they going to, and I believe, did I read that they're going to have all the episodes of The Simpsons? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That we was like that one of the first things that they announced. Yeah, so, oh, and that, by the way. <laughs> The Simpsons. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. I wonder if they'll be streaming anything live. I don't know. Maybe eventually. Hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. Why not? And now and now with, and now, I mean, I know Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> well, clearly that's like, officially burr, 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 burr. done. Yeah. That's expected to end. Yeah. Uh, uh, they already announced this is again the final season. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Can't wait to not see it. <laughs> Just a... Ray of Sunshine. Yeah. Okay. Well, you'll be too busy watching Disney Plus and nothing else. Rotting the on the couch, the... bro. Yeah. Seriously. Mold on my ass. Like, it's going to be serious. Awesome. No, yeah, that, that does sound serious, actually. You should probably Great. look into that. Uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas, I'm assuming, is going to be on there, too. It's technically a Disney film, right? Yeah, I didn't. I'm, I didn't. I closed the list, but okay, probably. Fine. Yeah. Good. I just, I just got to think about that because my daughter is obsessed with that film and it scares her half to death. I don't get the logic of, there. Of why it scares her or why she's obsessed with it. Why it she's obsessed her. and scared well, of it. Well, that happens. Yeah. It's like, it's like, Daddy, I want to see Jack Skellington. I'm like, you woke up at 4 o'clock in the morning. Hell <laughs> no. We're done. Right. So, over. Uh, all right. So, uh, a couple other things here. Uh, so, Ruben Fleischer. Who mm-hmm. uh, directed the movie we talked about earlier? That's opening this week, Zombieland Double Tap, uh, and he directed the first Zombieland also, and directed the first Venom movie. He, uh, despite the fact that he is not working on Venom two, he did uh, come out and say that he, you know, Sony is looking towards eventually having Tom Holland Spider Man meet up with Tom Hardy's Venom. I mean, the writing is on the wall for that one, and. As I said, I I fully expect that to happen sooner than later. Like as in this movie, the sequel to Venom, um, because that's just going to make it that much more successful. What everyone I think wants to see, how that happens, why that happens, is to hope they've got good writers to pull it off. But uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not surprised by that. Right. Yeah, I'm not either. Um, it's inevitable. Sure. And I also, let's just get into the one part of, uh, so Jonah Hill apparently is no longer now going to be involved in the Batman, mm-hmm. but we didn't talk about the big news, right, that came out regarding the Batman, which is the fact that uh, we have our Catwoman, or our Selena Kyle, uh, mm-hmm. Zoe Kravitz, uh, has been cast in the role. Um, I think it's a great choice. I like Zoe I Kravitz. Is. Awesome. Yeah, I think she has. Um, what I like about her is I think she has an intensity about her too that that will go well with Robert Pattinson's. Um, that because that was one of the things I liked about him in the role was I feel like he has like a quiet intensity to him. Sure. I think she has that same type of vibe going for her. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, 
yeah, so that's that's an encouraging sign. Yeah, that's that's a big that's a big uh, a big win for them. Um, I, I think no, nothing else really. I mean, I know uh, was Jeffrey Wright confirmed? I don't think it was confirmed, Gordon? right? But it's it looks like that's where a they're thin, headed, maybe. Yeah, but yeah, I know there's lots of people today on Wednesday when we're recording this. Um, ex, you know, sort of upset that Jonah Hill the thing didn't work out. Whatever. Obviously, there were two um, villain roles that he was potentially up for. It was the Riddler and the and or the Penguin. Um, the rap supposedly said it was for the Riddler, definitely, which I just think is weird. But uh, whatever. I mean, let's find somebody else. I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> um, but. Uh, uh, the other bit was that uh, they say they want to make the Batman a grounded Batman film. Like, I haven't heard that shit before. Well, um, great. what does that mean exactly? Grounded. So, because wasn't Nolan's Batman grounded? grounded? <laughs> yeah. Um, like, yeah, I again, I don't know. And, and I take some of that with a grain of salt because, you know, you hear a lot of things before a movie even begins filming about what they want to do with the character and all that. And ultimately some of that stuff winds up happening. Some of it doesn't, but I, I have no problem with the character being grounded to a point, but cause I do just want to see like a nice, like detective noir kind of Batman story, sure. but I don't want it to be Nolan grounded. Like I don't want it to have to, feel like it's taking place in like the real world necessarily right like I, I would like Gotham City to look like a, a place like a a real place but a fictional place at the same time if I that mean, makes any dude, sense they've got they've got some big shoes to fill in my opinion because yeah. the Gotham City and Joker yes is like <sighs> the best Gotham City I think I've ever seen yeah but it's another – but to your point before about something that feels like it lives in the real world, I mean that definitely felt like it was part of the sure the real world because it, it is. But, but I mean you could do that. I'm okay with that because I loved that Gotham City as well. But I um, – yeah, I don't know. I just – when I hear grounded, it's like, okay, that could be – that could go a few different ways. Um, you know, I just hope they don't go too out of their way – to try to explain away, like, you know, we have to make our our costumes not look, like, comic accurate because we need to explain their existence. Like, no, in the real world. In right. the real world, right? That's what I worry yeah. about, like, when they say grounded. It's like, okay, so we're we not going to get, like, a cool-looking, comic-accurate bat suit because they want it to be grounded, so we need to have a, a logical reason for why this thing exists? I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I say go. I mean, the new thing now, we've seen it more and more, like comic accurate suits and people love them, right? They lose their minds over it and they work. I mean, dude, look at what the CW is doing. I was I tweeted this out last week. I was like, these people need the costume department needs to win Emmys because their ability to create on, on the budget. I don't even know what their budgets are, but like they're they're making some of the best comic book accurate suits I've ever seen on the show. Uh, on all of those shows, and as the crossover stuff starts coming out, I'm like, damn, these look good. Yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, I agree. I mean, you can you can pull it off. Um, well, I mean, even look at like recent movies we've seen. Like, look, I mean, Mysterio looked like Mysterio. Well, that was awesome. And right, and and think back to when you know Raimi and th- those movies, they couldn't let the Green Goblin look like the Green Goblin because they said it would look cheesy and nobody would buy it on the screen. So we got that. Whatever the hell that stupid Green Goblin was, but Man, I wish they went practical like they were. They yeah, were but now scary. here we have Mysterio being very much Mysterio. Yeah, and it looked cool, and people accepted it. Yeah, you know, yeah. and and you look at a lot of the MCU characters. You know, like Doctor Strange looked like Doctor Strange. Right. You know, I mean, Iron Man. You know, all of that stuff. I mean, they look like for the most part they looked like their comic book characters. Um, look at Aquaman. <laughs> They used yeah. that that suit, which you know everyone used to make fun of, even in the cartoon. And you're like, "Well, you're never gonna get, be able to get away with that on the screen." And that looked when he walks out with that suit, that was probably my favorite thing in the movie. 
Yeah. It looked fantastic. Well, I mean, look, Black Manta. Look great. <laughs> the suit is silly AF. Yes, but, but it, it looked worked. great. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it looked amazing. Yeah, so I, don't tell me anymore that you, you have to have like these real world suits with explanations for why they exist and can't be comic accurate. It's garbage now. So hopefully they can ground the film because Batman is always going to be a more grounded character anyway than, you know, Superman, say. Um, so uh, hopefully they can keep it grounded by the standards of Batman, but they don't get too crazy with it and make it yeah. too realistic and real-worldy because I want to be able to get lost in the, the moment sure. and feel like I'm watching a, a comic book come to life. Like a, yeah, like a Batman movie. Well, yeah. No, not, not like, I'm, not to say that the Nolan films weren't Batman films. But... No, they're great, obviously, but but they yeah. exist already. Yeah. And you're not yeah. going to, you know what I mean? Like they don't retread. Like, no, you don't have to just give me a, you know, give me a new take on it. Sure. And yeah, you know, speaking of Gotham city, I know, uh, we were, you and I were going back and forth a little bit, uh, Monday, Monday, uh, yeah, Monday, uh, about bad woman. Yeah. And, uh, dude, it's not hitting with me. <laughs> I wanted to work so badly, and I think, you know, we as we were talking about Gotham City and talking about Nolan's Eye for Gotham City, which he set in Chicago, Batwoman films in Chicago, and I don't like having my emotions played with because that's it's so iconic. Because I I absolutely adore the Nolan films, and so there are, are scenes that they're emulating from the dark night and Batman begins um, and input and sort of like porting them over to, to Batwoman. And it's just not working for me. I don't, uh, the writing isn't really all that good. The action sequences don't have a, the snap that like the arrow film, the arrow, I almost said arrow films, the arrow uh, uh, show has, or some of the other, um, like the fight sequences and things like that. Um, it just doesn't have that pop to it. It's very slow and almost like, you know, they're moving through molasses a bit. And the story is just not really intriguing. Yeah. So, I'm going to still watch it. I'm still, right. because to me, it's better than Supergirl, but, uh, yeah, I said it. Um, yeah, we'll see how, how far I make it. Yeah. So I, I talked about, how I watched the pilot last week and I, I wasn't blown away by it, but I, I love the character and I, I had high hopes for the show. So I watched the second episode and I, I didn't love that either. Um, but, and, but I still hold out hope because I still think this is a great character with great potential. I, sure. I loved the DC rebirth Batwoman story, you know, the, at least the initial story arc there. I thought it was a great story arc. I thought it was great for the film. I, th- I mean, great for a television show. I thought they could have just adapted that story and it would have been great um, in, in some ways. Anyway, they would have to evolve it a little bit. But uh, they haven't really gone exactly in that direction yet. And and the thing that I think is we've seen this character already, right? Mm-hmm. Like the character was introduced already. Yeah. So like, why are we... This is have, a prequel. Why do we have to go back? <laughs> I don't and need then to we go see back more. how they get the suit. I don't need to see, I've already seen her in the suit. The suit looks great. I, I was ready to have her be in the suit. <laughs> I you know, like, here's the thing too, to that point. I do not like looking at like tier C Batman suits and right. it looks great on her, but it looks like shit on a dude. Like I don't, and that, I don't, but like it just looks like shit. <laughs> I don't like it. Like the bat, the Batman esque version of it. Like it's the head is very bulbous. Well, it's this just, head, right. So that's what I mean. But like, but she looks great when she looked great. Looks amazing when she has the actual Batwoman suit. Yeah, when she jumped, it looks like she jumped again. Going back to what we were just talking about, it looks like she jumps off the page. Absolutely, of the comic book and, and like, that's what got me excited. But now we haven't gotten to that point yet, and we will sooner than later. Uh, this but, episode, yeah, I didn't great. need to get this much. And and again, like I. People talk about the Marvel formula. 
this is the show for the first time where I was like, you know what? I think I'm getting a little tired of the Berlanti formula. Mm. Like everything's got to have flashbacks. Everything's got to be family drama. You know, like there's got to be this thing. Like, can't we just have a show where like the hero just takes on some villains? (laughs) And Yeah. uh, yeah, I mean, you can eventually build some longer term story arcs over it, but they all don't have to be based on the past. Right. And the thing with like, um, like her relationship with the um, the cop mm-hmm. thing, I think that's that's intriguing stuff. But I sure. agree the the thing with her father, and now this storyline with her sister, which I, I'll say that the last maybe five minutes of episode two was probably the best. Yes, I agree. Um, but and that's why I still think there's a lot of potential. Yeah, the, the like off the father, get get rid of that dude. He's a horrible. Like the no, guy's but see the thing is, there's there's and again, horrible. I don't know what direction they're going to take but there's there's signif- there's a great story there that they're they're not telling and maybe they eventually will cuz you can't i mean you have a show right so you're you're hoping this is going to go for a while so you need to save right. some of your stuff you can't just throw everything out there once but there's a great story there to be told between them that hopefully they will tell and that's that's what I'm ultimately holding out hope for gotcha yeah Gotcha. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm just not. I'm not going to give up on it. The fact that it's on Sunday nights helps too. Sure. Because it's not like there's tons of TV on on Sunday I mean, nights. I, so I, I just it's on my DVR. I just yeah. watch it when I can. Well, that's what I mean. So it's like for me though, Sunday night's a great night because yeah. it's like cool. Like I, you know, I'm usually looking for something to watch anyway. Like at that time, and like I said, there's not like there's a ton of stuff out there. So no, you're not watching The Walking Dead. I, I gave up on The Walking Dead after like season four ish, something like that. And and I'm glad that I did because so I actually thought that I thought that that first season, which was like six episodes, I thought that some was that was some of the best television of The Walking Dead. Yeah, that I've seen in a while. Yeah, it took, and, it took like three episodes. Well, no, it took like, yeah, about three episodes to get me on. And on. that's. That's when Frank Darabont was working on the show still, who's brilliant. He directed um, the Shawshank Redemption. And, um, also, the uh, I believe he directed The Mist, too, which is an underrated movie. Mm. Um, but anyway, he, he and then he was replaced as showrunner. And then I just, my big issue with it, though, was the fact that I, I was like, there's no end game here. Right. Like, how do you end this? Um, and sure enough, they came out like, I think last week or whatever, and said that it may never end. Like the crazy well, they're spinning it off and they're making a movie. Yeah. So it's and... like, well then what really, what's the point? Right. You know, it's like, yeah. unless you're that invested in the personal drama and it just like, it got into a pattern where it was like, they would have an episode where they would take a, like a secondary character and they would focus on that character. And give you, like, a lot about them, and then they would kill them in the next episode. Yeah. And it was like, okay, well, I need to have a connection to something here. And if you keep killing off all the characters, like, you know, it can't just be, like, one or two characters that I have a connection with if there's going to be so many of them. So it just stopped being a a show that I, I wound up watching it more out of habit. After a while, then out of quality, and then after I just gave up because I was like, I don't really have time to watch a show out of habit anymore. The um, so I still watch. I haven't watched the last two episodes of this new season, um, which says something because I'm just not like eh, I'll catch up. Um, but the best stuff that they ever had on the show was where Rick was trying not to let the world around him uh, make him into this cold-blooded killer, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Ultimately, he gets put into a situation where he's got to flip the switch. And when he does, it's brutal and probably some of the most violent stuff I've ever seen on TV. Definitely pales in comparison. Well, I'd say Joker, the stuff that happens in Joker pales in comparison to what we see, (laughs) which is a lot in The Walking Dead. Um, But it's 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 great stuff. But up until that point, it's yeah, I think really also what soured me was uh, the governor to me, should have been one of the great villains in the history of oh, television. Oh, he was such a puss. It like, was such oh, a disappointment. Like, that should have been one of the all-time great television villains. 
Oh, and 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 his interaction with some of the other characters. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he was a menace. Yes. He was an absolute menace, one of the worst people on the face of this earth that could have ever been written. Yes. And they, what happened? Your balls fall off? Like, that's pretty much what happened to him. Yeah. So that that's after that point, I was like, oh, that's pretty much it for me. Um, yeah. And for those of the, the, you guys that don't read the comics or the whatever, you can pick up a whole, like, the whole series of it. The dude... <laughs> The dude gets a spoon wedged into his ass by Michonne. She takes it out and scoops his eye out with a spoon. That's probably would never have made it on TV, but still, the character could have been one of the all-time great villains of all time. And he wasn't. And he's a great actor. They cast, too, David Morrissey. But, um, yeah, that was kind of a disappointment. Uh, Before we go, though, you... Watch, you saw El Camino, right? I did. I did. So and give your thoughts on that. I enjoyed it. Um, it felt like it it definitely was an extension of the world of Breaking Bad. Obviously it was meant to be, but it you know, you know how sometimes when you haven't seen something for a while and they kind of bring you back to that world, you're like, This doesn't really feel the same. Um uh, Vince Gilligan did a great job at kind of doing that and um, a lot of the later episodes in Breaking Bad um, focused on what Walt was doing when he kind of tries to escape the world and he grows his beard back while he's dying and all that stuff. And so this is kind of Jesse's story. And, um, you know, Aaron Paul, like, just falls right back into the role. There are quite a few uh, cameos in, in the um, in the film. And it's just a it's just a great cinematic experience because it just feels bigger and bolder than the show in terms of look and feel. Um, it is sort of a slow burn of a I, see. I want to say a show because it does kind of it, it. It just feels like two very. It just feels like two long episodes. Um, but uh, you know, it's a it's a bit of a slow burn as you kind of move through. Um, through the movie, but I, I enjoyed it and I thought it was, I thought it was well done and a great way to end this character's story. All right, cool. So check it out. And if you're a big fan of Breaking Bad, like, let me know what you think. Awesome. All right. So cool. that's about it for today. Of course, yes. you can go to the fanboygarage.com and check out the episodes, uh, check out our merch store, buy some merch. We have the, the 2019 New York Comic Con t-shirt that was worn by uh, a few people on the floor at New York Comic Con is now available for purchase if you'd like uh, that shirt. Or that design is available in different things, pins and magnets and all kinds of fun stuff. So check that out. Um, you can also send us an email if you're not doing the social medias, uh, if you want to communicate with us. Of course, we want you to join in on the conversation. Uh, the best place to do that is on Twitter. Uh, you can uh, e- you can tweet us at the Fanboy Garage. Uh, you can tweet me at Real CL Mighty, and you can tweet me at Starting Sith. Uh, please do leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. We are also on this Spotify. Uh, so you know if iTunes is not your thing. You can always check us out on Spotify. If Spotify is not your thing, you can check us out on Podbean. Um, Google Podcasts but, uh, as well. Yep, all over the place. Every Everywhere that you think you could find a podcast, we are there. Um, and, you know, your reviews go a long way to help promote the show. Also, just want to give a, a quick shout out to the folks from Batman on Film, specifically Rick Shue. Uh, I'm, I'm blanking on Pete's name. Um, Eric. All those guys who we had a chance to meet uh, in New York, in the city, and we had a great time, and that is all. Yeah, of course, you could also um, check us out on Facebook, right? Oh, yeah, I forgot to plug that too, huh? Yeah, Fanboy Garage there as well. That's growing, which is nice, so we want to continue to grow that community as well. We're going to hopefully start to be more interactive on that um, as the weeks go on. Sure. Yeah. And by extension, Instagram, because it's kind of what's being used to populate Facebook. Sure. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, 
Thanks for listening to another episode of the Femboy Garage Podcast, and we're going to let you go and get out of here.